Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Va'et Hanan. <coughs> it is always the Shabbat after Tisha B'Av, and uh, it is also known as Shabbat Nachamu, which we will uh, discuss a little bit uh, later on. Uh, as we said last time, the book of Dvarim is uh, Moshe's final addresses, uh, his final shirim, his final lectures to the Jewish people before he dies. And the first uh, of three lectures uh, is on the subject of historic review and the lessons to be learned. That began last week, and it continues into the first part of Va'et Hanan. Uh, so again, Moshe uh, focuses on history, but not as a historian so much as what are we meant to learn from, uh, from our history. So Moshe begins by uh, saying, by telling us, that uh, after Hashem decreed that he was not going to enter the land, Moshe begged of Hashem to give him the opportunity to enter the land. Um, he was present for the beginning of the conquest of the territory to the east of the Jordan, and that was part of his argument why he should be allowed to continue and cross over. However, Hashem categorically denied the request, and Moshe will view the land but will not enter it, and Yehoshua will uh, succeed Moshe as the next leader. Moshe then goes on to... Uh, the lessons to be learned, uh, that it's, of course, important to listen to Hashem, to obey Him. And so Moshe continues uh, in a section on the subject of warnings and rebuke. He says, in many different ways, time and time again, follow all of the mitzvot exactly. Remember as well the lessons of the revelation, Ma'amad Har Sinai, uh, and among the things that the revelation taught us um, is that there were there are to be no images of uh, of God, no attempt to make images or any other image that uh, one would worship. And Moshe reminds them, "I will be leaving you soon, and so you have to take these messages, these lessons to heart, uh, because I won't be around to uh, to remind you." He warns that in the future, if you worship idols you will be punished. But even if you are punished, there is hope. Because the punishment will take pl- take the form of exile, and this is a, a theme that we have a few times in the book of Devarim, um, how exile could be a punishment. However, exile uh, is reversible. It's uh, difficult, but eventually uh, there, can, there can be redemption. But in the meanwhile, while you will be in Exile reminds Moshe, you'll be forced to worship idols in exile. And from there, you will seek Hashem. And this is another theme, that from exile, from the depths of, uh, of despair, if you reach out to Hashem, uh, you, can, uh, you can seek Hashem. So he talks about repentance, reminds them of the covenant, and that Hashem will forgive. And that's the point. Because of the covenant... Um, that you've had with Hashem, your national experience has been uh, un- unique. 
you've gone through the Exodus, and you also went through the Revelation. So he talked earlier about one incident from history to learn from. Uh, That was the incident of the spies. He's now about to make the transition to talk about the Revelation, uh, the giving of the Torah at Sinai. Um, And essentially Moshe is about to begin, at this point, the second of his three uh, shiurim, three lectures that he gives in the course of of the book of Tvarim. And the topic of the second address will be the mitzvot. Uh, we'll get more to, uh, to that subject soon, but before he uh, gets into that topic, uh, he takes action. Uh, one of the few actions that we have in the book of Tvarim, where Moshe uh, performs a mitzvah, or at least lays the uh, groundwork for the fulfillment of a mitzvah. He has talked elsewhere, and he will talk again, about the importance of has, having cities of refuge uh, for uh, people to uh, run to if they've killed someone unintentionally. Uh, and so Moshe designates three cities of refuge in the eastern territory that has just been uh, conquered. Um, one in the territory of Ruvain, one in the territory of Gad, and one in the territory of the half-tribe of Menashe. And this way Moshe doesn't only teach about the mitzvot, but he shows uh, how the mitzvot are to be done. And then uh, he begins uh, the second of the three uh, shiurim of the book of Devarim. This is actually the largest section of the book of Devarim. Um, and uh, we can call it, uh, the Torah calls it, the covenant of the plains of Moab. The plains of Moab is where they are currently located. And so he brings uh, the people of Israel yet again into a covenant to recommit to the covenant that was made at Sinai. Uh, And he talks about uh, the mitzvot. Uh, And the system of mitzvot have a few bases. Uh, One is experience. They experienced, uh, as a nation, the, uh, the revelation at Sinai, Together they uh, heard God's voice speaking to them, and uh, as God taught them, Yeseret Dibrot, the Decalogue. And so uh, now, in this part of the uh, of this lecture, he is uh, retelling uh, how God spoke to the people of Israel at Sinai, and uh, he repeats Yeseret Dibrot. Um, in much the same way, although there are some interesting differences, uh, that it was mentioned the, the first time in the book of Shemot. Moshe reminds them, however, that after uh, they heard God's voice, they turned to Moshe and they said they do not want to continue to hear the voice of Hashem directly. Uh, rather, they would prefer that Moshe would receive the mitzvot and convey them to Am Yisrael. And uh, Hashem uh, acceded to this. He, he agreed with this, and uh, this will be the procedure that will continue with them uh, all the way to the land of Israel. They will learn from uh, from Moshe, who has heard it directly from God, and they will listen to Moshe. So, the first part of the system of mitzvot is, as I said, experience the revelation at Sinai and the content of that uh, revelation. The second part is uh, belief. 
uh, Moshe talks in great detail about the importance of the commitment of belief, and uh, therefore uh, Moshe <coughs> says what we now call the Shema, or the first paragraph of the Shema, uh, for which there is a, uh, a mitzvah to recite every day. And the Shema, which is, a, among other things, a statement of uh, belief in Hashem, uh, contains very important, very central ideas. Uh, one, that God is one, that we have a commitment, an obligation to love God. We'll talk more about that later. There is a mitzvah to actually recite the Shema twice a day, a mitzvah to teach your children Torah, also to put on tefillin, and to have a mezuzah on one's doorpost. These are central uh, beliefs and actions uh, that strengthen our connection to Hashem. Moshe then proceeds uh, and projects a little into the future, because he says there will come a time that you will go into Eretz Yisrael, and you will settle in the land of Israel, and that's a good thing, that's what you're uh, aiming to do when you're actually going to, uh, if you follow Hashem's uh, will, you will have a very prosperous and secure uh, life in Eretz Yisrael. However, Moshe warns of the, uh, the danger of that kind of security. The danger is that in Eretz Yisrael it's possible to forget Hashem or to take Him for granted, uh, to eventually come to the uh, to the thinking that uh, all of the accomplishments, all of the material accomplishments, all the security accomplishments uh, are our own doing. And uh, that's not the case. Uh, we are involved, of course, uh, but <clears throat> without Hashem's uh, support, it wouldn't happen. So Moshe re- reminds them of the importance of the awe of Hashem. Remember in the Shema, talked about the love of Hashem. This is the other side, to also have Hashem in uh, in awe, to worship him, uh, not to test him, and to teach your children, uh, especially about the Exodus. It's very important, Moshe actually said this, uh, even while they were still in Egypt, that the time will come that you will have children who will have been born after the Exodus, and it's important to bring them into the uh, the narrative as well. They have to know, uh, because it is the shared national experience of the Exodus that is so central to uh, to so much of the Torah. And uh, by telling your children about the Exodus, uh, telling them about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, especially on Pesach, but not only on Pesach, um, they come to think of themselves as uh, part of the people of Israel, and even as those who experience the Exodus themselves firsthand. That's the the, the goal is to make them think that way. And Moshe also warns, be careful about the other nations. Uh, there are, there will be temptations uh, of other nations uh, to, to go away from the values of the Torah, uh, and that is a, a temptation to be resisted. Now, I said we would go back to the concept of loving Hashem. The, uh, the source for that is in the Shema, where Hashem says, and this is well known, you shall love the Lord your God, that you should love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, which means your life, and with all of your ma'od, 
which can be translated either as your might, your ability, or all of your resources, even uh, uh, monetary resources. But I, I would like to explore the idea of loving Hashem. The, uh, because it is a mitzvah, and some people might ask the question, how is it possible to command love? Uh, the way that the Rambam deals uh, with this issue in the Hilchot Yisodei HaTorah, the laws of the foundation of the Torah, is he asks uh, not whether it's possible to love but uh, and fear Hashem, but how is it possible to, uh, to, to work on love and fear of Hashem? What's the path towards, uh, towards this? Uh, so I suppose the Rambam assumes that love and fear of Hashem are natural reactions, but they have to be worked on. So the Rambam says that, um, these are famous words of the Rambam, that when a person will reflect um, uh, about God's uh, actions and his great creations, um, and he will, uh, he will be aware of how wise they are, it's impossible to understand them completely. Uh, so the result of that will be love and praise, uh, exaltation of God, and the person will have a, a deep desire to, to know God and to be close. Uh, in other words, the Rambam says that one of the methods bringing oneself closer to God um, is through a clear uh, contemplation of the universe uh, that Hashem has created. And the more one appreciates that, uh, the greater one's love and the greater one's desire to be close to Hashem. So uh, the study of the world, the Rambam feels, is a path towards love of Hashem. But then the Rambam adds uh, that when a person thinks about this, um, then his next reaction is to be taken aback, because the closer he gets to Hashem, the more filled with awe he is, the more he uh, realizes how uh, he doesn't compare to Hashem at all. Uh, and the more he appreciates of Hashem, the more the smaller he himself feels about himself. Uh, and so he recoils, and uh, this fills with him with a sense of uh, fear, or maybe even more importantly, with awe, with reverence. Um, and he realizes what a small creature he is in comparison. Uh, and so for the Rambam, uh, love and fear are a uh, forward and backward uh, motion. One is drawn to Hashem, that's love, and then the closer one comes, the more one feels the need to pull back. And that pulling back is yirah, is uh, awe and reverence. And uh, we, never, uh, we never stop in this, uh, this movement towards Hashem, and pulling back, uh, I, I think that what the Rambam is talking about is, as it were, two steps forward, one step back, uh, so that the the drawing closer still brings us closer and closer to Hashem, but an awareness that we can't get too close because um, of how minuscule we are in comparison. So, Parashat uh, Va'etchanan. 
contains some very, very uh, fundamental uh, incidents, the giving of the Torah at Sinai, uh, some in, in fundamental texts such as the Aseret Debrot and the Shema, and really there's a great there to, uh, to, be, uh, to be discussed and analyzed. I said also that this Shabbat is called Shabbat Nachamu. Uh, Nachamu means uh, console, comfort. Uh, after Tisha B'Av, and before we get closer to the Yamim Noraim, the days of awe, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, um, is an important transitional period uh, where we are moving away from the grief of Tisha B'Av, with the goal of moving towards uh, teshuvah, towards repentance. And grief is a very uh, difficult emotional state to make, to, to advance in teshuvah. Uh, and so what we need is to get out of that feeling of grief, and that's what consolation is. So for a period of seven haftarot, seven haftarot, the theme uh, is consolation. Hashem, Hashem consoling the people that uh, although the exile has come, the temple was destroyed, and so on, but we still can look forward uh, ultimately to a, to a brighter future. And we need uh, to be in that frame of mind uh, in order to prepare ourselves for uh, repentance because that kind of sadness that we associate correctly with Tisha B'Av is... Um, is not conducive to repentance. As it's uh, been said, teshuvah can be motivated by love, as we were talking about in the parasha, can be vo- motivated by awe, reverence, yirah, uh, but sadness, that's not a good motivator for uh, repentance. Uh, and so these seven weeks of haftarot really help to get us to change our emotional state from that of Tisha B'Av to uh, being on the threshold of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And so the Shabbat after Tisha B'Av is the first of these, and its first words are Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, uh, console, console my people, and uh, that is the beginning of that, uh, that process. I thank you very much for joining me for this week's uh, exploration of Parashat Va'etchanan. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher, for Parashah Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.